This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to another Gopher Puck Live podcast. Boys, we had a nice week off, but you know, during that week off, uh, the team actually scored some goals and won some games. Hammy, a sweep of Northeastern. That's better, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, well, certainly compared to what it was in the first few weeks. I mean, it was nice to see some goals being put up there, you know, even if you want to question the competition strength a little bit, at least to give some of the guys a little bit more confidence, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to carry that over into this next series. Viggs, I believe you were there one of those nights, weren't you? Yep, I was there for the Saturday game, the, the nail-biter that it ended up <laughs> turning into. It didn't, turn, it didn't start out that way, I'll tell you that. I mean, it started out very well for the Gophers that Saturday night, even though it got to be 4-3 or three at the end. Yeah, they had some good jump early in the first period. I thought they were really on top of the game, putting a lot of pressure on Northeastern, and they capitalized on their chances. I think all week leading up to the game, all the players and coaches had been talking about putting pucks on net and creating second-shot opportunities. And then that period, they didn't really need them. I think there were a couple snipes and and one rebound uh, to get those three quick goals. And uh, definitely a good start and – Unfortunately, they let them back into it a little bit, but uh, very impressive game. Hammy, let's go back to Friday night. Obviously, three first-period goals kind of set the tone with Novak, Glover, and Sheehy. Um, and then they kind of coasted the rest of the way with you know a late third-period goal by Fashing. But uh, hopefully it, it, it just built some confidence with this team because <laughs> you know, we know they're not that bad. But you know you, you got to start scoring to get any confidence going. Well, right. I mean, I think a lot of it for me is just seeing some of these guys that, uh, you know, the, the fresh faces kind of getting gaining some confidence, but also some of the guys that we're kind of counting on going into this year, uh, you know, in particular fashion, uh, seeing clues get on there, you know, and, and, you know, adding some offense. I just think that it was really important to see some of these guys. It's still a work in progress, of course. Uh, we know it's not going to be you know, one week that's just everything's going to just click and that's going to be that way for the rest of the season. I mean, we're still going to see, I think, some inconsistencies, but um, it was nice to see some guys finally kind of break through and hopefully moving forward, like I said, it'll give them some confidence and it'll be more consistent effort for uh, the, these top two lines. And then obviously Shearhorn gets the, the shutout Friday night, his first collegiate shutout. So that's also a confidence booster just, you know, for him. Um, moving to Saturday, just like you said, Viggs, you know, they started out strong, you know, three quick goals in the first four minutes, you know, Northeastern gets one back, but you end the period four to one. It's looking good at that time. Yeah. I think it was really key for the Gophers to get that power play goal at the end of the first period. Uh, I think special teams are going to be a, a key thing for this team to be successful. You know, they're going to need to score on the power play and already they've given up, a few more shorthanded goals than I think that are, you know, when they're on the kill 
than they'd like to. But uh, it was nice to see them make a play down low and fashioning to step out from the goal line and, and take advantage of the space that they're giving them. Because typically that go for power play has been reliant on shots from the top of the circles and the in the you know top of the key there. Um, so if they can get some production from him down low by the net, uh, I think it'll make their power play really tough to stop. Well, Hammy, like like we said, it does seem but somebody like a fashing did get going that path that weekend. You know, he had three goals. Um, so you know, maybe some of the pressure's off for him. But Hammy, what about somebody like a Clues? You know, he was in on some of the offense. But I don't think he's scored a goal yet, has he? No, but I mean, you know, for me, I think it's just more that he's creating offense. I, I don't okay. really have a huge – I mean, you know, I mean, of course you want him to be scoring goals. But um, I, I just believe that early in the season he was, like, putting a lot of pressure on himself, being that he's the, the captain and, you know, the top-line center. And, uh, you know, when the team's not going well, you know, he takes as much pride in that uniform as any of those guys do, you know, maybe even more so. So – um, I think he was putting a lot of pressure on himself early on, and I'm sure that uh, you know, getting breaking through, getting you know some points this last weekend, uh, maybe hopefully that'll help him uh, feel a little bit more relaxed and and try to just kind of contribute a little bit more uh, on a consistent basis. And I think that also you know, it, um, the guys are going to be looking for guys like him and Fashing. You know, I'm glad Fashing broke through because a lot of people always kind of get on his case about his consistency and uh, hopefully that this will be a, you know, a situation where he'll be able to bring that every week now. Viggs, any concern about, you know, they had those four first period goals and then nothing else for the rest of the game? Well, I think if anything, it was a good learning experience for those guys to learn how to play with a lead late in the game. You know, it's always concerning when they, they give mm-hmm. up some goals. I think Shearhorner would have liked one of those back, um, but he was good in the third period when they needed him to be. And I think it was good learning lesson for all those guys to learn how to play when you're up a goal and another team is is taking all the chances. And how do you make smart plays to get out of the zone? How do you make good line changes? Um, how do you maintain your structure? I think those are all lessons that they're going to have to um, learn from as the season goes on because I don't think this is a team that's going to score five, six goals every night. Uh, they're going to need to grind out a lot of games, and they're going to have to learn how to play those one-goal leads at the end of the game. All right, well, I was just glad that uh, they scored some goals, guys, because <laughs> the one goal in three games was uh, was pretty sad. You know, to see eight goals in two games, at least uh, it brought some of the people out from the shame that they were having. Well, I think that, I, you know, the thing that I still feel concerned about is we have not seen pretty much anything out of that third line. I mean, yep. Cammy and Vinny and those, I mean, those guys can't be going – you know, scoreless this long. And then I think they're like both minus six for the season. And Ouch. I mean, you need, I mean, they're going to need to seriously step that up. And um, in particular, when you're playing a third line role, it's not you're, like you're generally going to be going against the, uh, the other top line. So you would expect those guys to be able to contribute more. And that just hasn't happened yet. And I think one of the things with Clues is, you know, he's getting his points on the power play, but <clears> five <throat> on five, he needs to generate more as well. I think on the five on five play, you know, he's pressing a lot to try to make something happen. And a little bit, he's been shuffled around with different guys. Um, and the only line that looks consistent so far has been that uh, Bristat uh, Novak fashion line. But Clues needs to find some line mates that he can trust, so he doesn't have to do it all by himself. All right, looks like we've got some a few questions to go over to, uh, tonight, guys. Uh, remember, if you're listening live or even during the week sometime, uh, 
Just use the hashtag GPL podcast and we'll try to read your question and answer it on the air. We've got Todd Johnson wanting to know, will Lucia start keeping the lines the same or will he need to keep tinkering? Viggs, he's typically a tinkerer, isn't he? Well, he can be a tinkerer, but I think this year's team, he's trying to protect his freshmen. If you'll notice, he's trying to, to put them on different lines with upperclassmen. And so he's trying to get some continuity so far with his lines. So I don't think we're going to see a lot of tinkering for the next couple of weeks. I think he's going to try to get guys settled into roles as much as he can and maybe move one piece here or there. But I think the, you know, the, the Novak Bristet fashion line, you know, they're going to stick together. They're the coneheads this year. Um, <laughs> and that fourth line, it's looked pretty solid. I think we saw Michelson and uh, Ryan Raleigh switch spots, um, maybe just to try to create some competition in the team. Um, but I think the, those other two lines, you know, he's going to have to figure out something. And there's not a lot of pieces to move in there. There aren't a lot of scorers sitting on the bench, and they need those lines to be scoring lines. Well, it's kind of like you said, Hammy. Uh, Camerata and Letary need to do something here. Well, I mean, to me, it's I said coming into the year that I thought, especially Cammy, that he'd be kind of, you know, one of those lightning rods in terms of, you know, what how's the team doing? If he was doing real well, like. I felt pretty good that, you know, the team would be doing real well. If he's struggling, you know, I felt like the team would probably struggle because he's one of those guys that they brought in to definitely produce offensively. They gave him a lot of scholarship and, um, you know, so the expectations are there. And it certainly, to this point, hasn't been very successful. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, you know, he was kind of a, a big deal coming in. He had a little bit in his freshman year. And like you said, just he's going to be the lightning rod. He's going to be the person people love to blame on the message board. So, you know, uh, hopefully for our sake and for the team's sake, he turns it around because he's got the he's got the skill there somewhere. Well, he's going to be a lightning rod player because he's he's a small guy. He's the smallest guy in the team by far. You know, maybe 160 pounds, and he's not going to go win a lot of puck battles on the rink. So, for him to make an impression for everyone, he's going to have to create offense. And that's very visible to everyone watching the game. Yeah, well, Rao was a small guy, too. But those are two different kind of guys. Yeah, like yeah I know. Rao I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> you know, he might not be a big guy, but uh, little guys, if you've got a little determination in you, can have a big impact on a game. They can be physical. Uh, they can get under your skin. You know, we kind of need Cammy to be that guy, to be that Rao, you know, not doing the diving, but, uh, you know, be that guy to get under the other team's skin. Because, you know what, uh, the bigger hockey players, they can't stand it when those little guys are all over the place and hitting them and and, and being successful. So we need him to be that guy. Well, well they may be the same height, but I think Rowley's <laughs> probably got 15, 20 pounds on camera. Yeah. Well, camera yeah, and I think the other thing is it really comes down to the psychology of a player. I mean, I know that anybody can be physical per se, but – I mean, he's just never been that kind of a guy that's going to be, you know, doing a lot of chirping and doing a lot of that kind of aggravating, kind of being that uh, guy that everybody loves to hate, you know, out there. He, he just really isn't that type. To me, he's always been a guy, even when he scores, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. You know, it's kind of just kind of this passive attitude sometimes. I mean, not I don't know about every single solitary time he scored, but a lot of times I just notice that there's really not a lot of emotion in his face and it just – I, I don't know. That's one of the things about him that's kind of confusing to me. But um, I, I don't ever expect that he's going to be that kind of guy because he just doesn't have that kind of mentality. 
Yeah, well, that's too bad. Another question from Todd Johnson. He wants to know, will the Big Ten ever be a top-tier conference? Hammy? Well, I mean, we're only talking a couple of years into the conference changes, first of all. <laughs> I mean, it all, I don't know why people seem to, like, want to jump to I mean, if you looked back in the history of the WCHA, if you took, like, little snapshots here or there, it wasn't like it was always the number one conference or maybe even in some cases the number two conference. I mean, mm-hmm. it just really depends – you know, obviously, towards the end, people remember how strong it was, you know, and rightfully so. But um, I, I just think that, you know, obviously, we didn't expect to see what Wisconsin struggle as badly as it has, you know, last year and kind of been sluggish this year, too. And um, we knew the Gophers would probably have a little bit of growing pains this year. But um, and we'll see how that all kind of pans out. And, you know, Michigan's going to generally be pretty good. And I still believe that Penn State in the long run will be a pretty, you know, good program most years. And, we just know that you know Michigan State and Ohio State they're going to kind of be you know up and down you know especially I think Ohio State I mean they'll have their occasions but uh, so I mean when you're talking about six teams I mean it's kind of hard to say it, it really depends on if we're expanding and who's going to be added and what they can bring to the table so I, th- I think it's kind of the a little too early to say one way or the other. Viggs going off a similar theme. Josh Wendell wants to know how much is the Big Ten hurting recruiting? compared to Ben, we were in the WCHA? Well, I don't think it's been hurting a ton. I mean, you look at the guys who are committed to Minnesota right now, mm-hmm. and there are just as many high-profile players committed as there were you know, six years ago. It's not think, Wisconsin, you're saying? <laughs> it's not Wisconsin. I think Michigan, You know, they're in the same boat. Uh, they're doing just as well as they did six years ago. Um, the teams haven't performed the, the top besides Minnesota the last couple of years, um, but it's cyclical. I think this, these Big Ten schools have a lot of money coming in from the Big Ten network. I think they get about a $45 million check every year. You know, those big Ooh. football stadiums help, you know, fund everything in the athletic department. Um, so there's, a, there's plenty of money. When they start handing out these cost of uh, it, uh, being a student dollars, you know, to students, you know, the Big Ten players are going to get more money than players in the NCHC. Well, and the other thing, I mean, I don't know that that's going to be necessarily a huge deal, but I think ultimately people need to remember that we haven't exactly been investing a lot in terms of the player amenities and things like that and for a while. And, and now, you know, that they're planning on doing some of these things. I mean, the recruiting has been perfectly fine. It's been as strong as it, as it has been for years. I mean, that's not really the issue for them. I mean, there's going to be occasions where you're going to lose, I don't, you know, recruit. I don't care where you're at. Um, but the Gophers, more often than not, the guys that they go for, in particular in state guys, I mean, they're going to get them the vast majority of the time. And now that they're starting to, you know, plan on some additional amenities and all that kind of stuff, I think that's only going to help matter. So I wouldn't really, I don't think the conference really has a hell of a lot to do. I think that's just a lot of fan hype that, is, in particular, um, fans from these smaller schools tend to focus on because they don't have a lot of the same. Um, kind of attractive amenities or maybe television presence or some of those things. So they kind of look for other things to latch on to. Well, you know, unfortunately, I think people are just still angry. They're just angry at the whole situation. They're angry at the ticket prices, you know, for Minnesota. They're angry about the Big Ten. They're angry about not seeing North Dakota every year. I mean, Viggs, you've been to the games at Mariucci this year so far. Uh, obviously, they're not on the level of Wisconsin, but there's at least two to 3,000 people not showing up each night. Yeah, I think it's been a little difficult this year. I know they've already had a couple conflicts with Wild 
yeah, games. Right. And so when they're at the same time, I think we looked at this last year when we looked at the ticket usage, is when the Gophers and the Wild play on the same night, there are more no-shows. Um, whether or not people are more interested in going to Excel and getting all the loud music and light shows or, or what. Um, but I think you know that is an issue for atmosphere in the rink. So I think at some point they're going to have to figure out how to you know, get resell for tickets easier for season ticket holders to get rid of their tickets and get people in the building or, or some other solution because they are selling the tickets. You know, the ticket prices yeah. have gone up, the donation levels have gone up, but you know, they're still selling them. It's just the problem of getting people in the building. And maybe some of that is not having, you know, the old rivalries that well, people a- have been used to. Well, that's what I was about to say is that, I mean, you look at the schedule, other than Minnesota, the one game against Minnesota Duluth, I mean, it's been Vermont and Northeastern. I mean, these are not exactly named teams that, you know, at least for local fans are going to be huge attractions. I mean, they're not even a Boston College or a Notre Dame or any of those schools that, you know, even they're not, no, they're not uh, necessarily rival rivals. At least they have some kind of name attraction to them. And, uh, Vermont and Northeastern. I mean, not that they're bad schools or bad programs, you know, on the whole, but they're not going to be attractive for a lot of the local fans. So I don't think that that's quite as big of a deal. You know, one thing it is, is you know, I know the donations have gone up, but the, you know, the season ticket prices have remained pretty much the same. It's really those individual tickets for individual games that have been kind of getting out of control. And from what I've heard, that was kind of a Norwood Teague thing. That he was the one kind of saying, hey, let's jack up the prices this year. I mean, $70 for some of these tickets. I'm sorry. That's a bit steep. Well, and I think that, you know, what? but you have to remember, they're going to have to, if people don't buy, they'll change, you know. But as long as they're buying, you know, there's no reason for them to alter things. Uh, You know, ultimately for them, as much as I know that they'll talk about, wanting the great atmosphere and all that, you know, they're also in a sense a business entity and they're going to want to make as much money as they can. And so you kind of have to balance all that out. And I mean, I think all of us would kind of wish that, you know, your blue collar hockey fans, you know, could bring their kids and it, you know, and it wouldn't be a very expensive trip for a family of four. And it would be all, you know, I mean, I think we all deep down would love to see it be kind of yeah. more like that type of a fan base. Cause that's usually the fan base that gets real, energetic and lively at games and whatever, as opposed to maybe some of the people who are kind of just showing up to be seen and, you know, so I, I know what everybody kind of complains about, but it's kind of like you have to weigh all this out. Well, hopefully, you know, with, you know, better teams coming in for the, you know, soon we'll see more butts in the seats. Obviously, you know, it was Todd Molesky for uh us college hockey online. He just loves to take those opening you know, puck drop shots from uh, from Cole Center, and boy, Wisconsin. You know, the thing is, you know, Wisconsin might be selling t- tickets, but they are also selling tickets for you know twenty to twenty five dollars, not the sixty to seventy dollars of Mariucci's. And you know, people keep saying, "Oh, you know, Barry Alvarez, he's he doesn't care about hockey." Well, eventually, somebody's got to tell him, "Hey, we're losing more money here." <laughs> And something's got to be done. And obviously the health of the Big Ten depends on Wisconsin. Obviously we love it when they're down. But uh, but you're seeing it kind of all around with Minnesota and Wisconsin, with people not showing up. Wisconsin a little more because of the, how their team's playing. But, uh, you know, people keep bringing it up. But I think it's a legitimate beef. You know, people are angry. 
they're still angry. And obviously it's the reality now, but, you know, they're not showing up. Well, I mean, I I don't know if it's an anger thing anymore. It's just a lack of interest in some of this stuff. I, I mean, yeah. I get that. I mean, to me, it's like the, the whole angry point. It's like, get over it. I mean, it's not going back. Yeah, we're I know. Already, we're a couple years into it. I mean, it's kind of like being angry when a, a girl dumps you. And it's like, okay, I can <laughs> see being angry at first, right? But when it's a year, two years, three, it's like, dude, get over it. You know what I mean? She's not going to come back to you. Get over it. Go find somebody <laughs> new to date, you know, whatever. I, but you know what I mean? But it's like I know what you mean, mentality. yes. But, you know, just like when I saw that, you know, that Josh Wendell post, you know, he's asking, is recruiting hurting the WCHA? One of his hashtags was Big Ten sucks. And you know what? Yeah, it's it's just just a reality. Obviously, people need to get over it. But you know what? They're still pissed. Well, at some point, it sort of becomes, you know, if that's all you're going to focus on, I mean, you're never going to enjoy it. I mean, no matter how good it becomes, you're always going to be like, oh, it's not the same thing. It's not like it used to be. It's like. Well, then why do you still, like, follow the team? Yeah. Why are you still a fan? Because it ain't going to go back. And so at some point, you just have to just kind of enjoy what you've got there and uh, make the best of it or move on and find something else to cheer for. And, and to be honest, you know, obviously we have joked about it, but, you know, Wisconsin being down. But uh, for the fans around here, we need a Wisconsin to be good. Well, you want a lively rivalry, certainly, and if, <laughs> if it's uh, – I mean, it'll always be a rivalry per se, but it's always going to have added intensity when both teams are, you know, on top of their game, and if that's not going on, certainly it doesn't help. Yeah. Well, we need the Badgers to be back. It might take a couple more years, and, you know, but, you know, the, the Badgers need to come in and beat Minnesota a couple times, you know, get this rivalry going again because, you know, it's you, it might still be a, quote, rivalry, but – until you know the teams, you know, until Wisconsin starts beating Minnesota consistently again, or it's just competitive, you know, the fans aren't going to care. So it's just the reality. Well, I think Grant Bessie makes Wisconsin a competitive team against any team that's not going to score a lot of goals. Yeah, because Bessie, yeah, Bessie's especially against Minnesota. You know, he's he's good for a point or two every game. So the way this uh, Gopher team looks this year, Wisconsin's <laughs> not going to be a pushover come January. <laughs> Well, that's enough about this current week and some questions. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. First, a word from our sponsor. I would like to welcome Vintage Minnesota Hockey as our very first sponsor on the GPL podcast. VintageMNHockey.com wants to take you back in time and keep the memories of Minnesota hockey heritage alive forever. They have Minnesota hockey history from around the entire state. Vintage Minnesota Hockey is dedicated to those from Minnesota's past who have carved out Minnesota's rich hockey history from the state of hockey. Personally, I love the online store. I own a 2011 alternate white jersey with gophers written across the front of it. I love it, and I can personally vouch for its quality. You can even get your throwback jersey customized with your name, number, or patches. And as listeners of the GPL podcast, you get a special 10% discount on all orders from their online store. Just enter the code GPL Podcast, all lowercase, and one word to receive this discount. So visit Vintage Minnesota Hockey today at VintageMNHockey.com. All right, boys, the big long agreement with Notre Dame comes to an end this year. Finally, 
Gophers heading to Notre Dame this weekend. The last of Don and playing his son, yada, yada, yada. Viggs, are you happy this is over? Well, I don't know. I mean, Notre Dame is one of the premier institutions in the country as as it comes to athletics. You know, their football yeah. team has always been good, and and lately their hockey team's been good the last uh, decade plus. And uh, they're another good team this year. Um, I always like seeing big name programs come and, and play Minnesota. Um, you know, I much prefer seeing Notre Dame or Boston College or, or BU as opposed to Northeastern or Vermont. Uh, so it's it's kind of nice, and then Notre Dame on the plus side, they've got that NBC Sports Network connection too. So you know some of those games will be televised. So it's it's been a good series, I think. They've been entertaining games so far, and I'm looking forward to this weekend's. Hammy, what do we need to think about with Notre Dame? Obviously, uh, little Mario Lucia is a threat, but uh, what's going on with Notre Dame? Well, I mean, they have some good veterans on there, like Fogarty as well, local guy. I mean. They look like they've been scoring at a pretty good pace this year. So obviously I think it's going to be important for us to be pretty strong defensively, in particular on the road. I mean, it would be nice if we kind of jumped out to a lead early on, kind of like we did this last series. I think that would help uh, kind of help the guys with some confidence uh, on the road. Um, so, I mean, I, I just think that it's really going to come down to, because they're obviously, at least to this point in the year, been a little bit uh, more potent offensively. So it's going to really be important for our guys to – uh, make sure that they do their back checking, and uh, the team defense is pretty strong. And of course, Shearhorn has to be on his game. Um, just for the folks wondering, you know, Friday night's game is going to be on uh, the American Sports Network (ASN). You're going to need to check your lo- local listings. You know, I know it's on one of my Dish Network channels. It might be on digital over the air. We're not sure. It's on Nesson. I know Nesson's picking it up. Um, Talked with Brian Deutsch today from the U, and he said he's still trying to deal with ASN to figure out all the channels it's going to be on. And he hopes to get something out tomorrow, I hope, because uh, it's not the U that's delaying where this thing's going to be showing. It's it's ASN, you know, tr- still trying to figure out where they're going to be showing the game. So if, if you don't have that, I know that Notre Dame has the Watch Notre Dame app. They're, they have a website you can stream it. So uh, either way, if you have a phone, if you have a computer, you should be able to see Friday's game. So – you're not going to be stuck, you know, having to watch a standard definition channel somewhere. So you can stream it, do whatever you need to do. Obviously, Saturday's game is going to be a, a national broadcast on NBC Sports Network, so that's good. But, boy, people already this week, where's ASN? Who's going to play it? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, jeez. Of course, you guys know what it's like for all this TV crap. Where is uh, where is the game on for uh, Comcast cable? Come on, man. <laughs> I need to know that. I was just thinking about that a minute ago. I'm well, like, there you go. Thing. Why don't you find out for us, <laughs> and we'll tell everybody. Well, that's what we have people listening for. Can't they look that up for us and I, be good people? Well, if, and... if there's enough people listening. Is there only on, a people, If there's know. enough people listening, you know, what's it going to be on DirecTV? What's it going to be on Comcast, Mediacom, you... all these other cable networks? Minnesota State of Hockey usually listens. To He's usually pretty helpful. Is he? He's got to be a listener, right? <laughs> I don't know. All, all that matters is I get to see the game. I don't care about you. <laughs> well, I know I'll see the game one way or the other, but um, yeah, I haven't looked. I haven't had the time to look at you know what channel that's is specifically for me. For, for me, it's four four twelve dash twenty eight or something weird like that. So 
All I know is I get to see the game, so that's all that matters. Viggs, your thoughts on Notre Dame? I mean, obviously Mario Lucia, we got to shut him down. Can't let the Suns kid win the game. Yeah, Don's got a pretty good uh, record against Mario. I think he's 4-1 uh, and one in these games where Mario's been healthy and playing on the other team. So 4-2 um, and two overall. So Notre Dame has a chance to even up this series. Um, but Don's got the, the win in the clubhouse already. Um, Notre Dame, fast team, really good counterattacking. Um, top three lines all have dangerous players. Uh, one guy to watch, I think, is Dylan Malmquist from Edina. One of the few kids to go straight from high school to NCAA. He's got four goals already this year. Um, he plays in the top nine for Notre Dame. And uh, Cal Peterson, uh, Don Lucia called him one of the best goalies in college hockey. Um, he said last year Minnesota got to see him before he really settled in. And and after that, he really picked up his play. So good goalie on the other end. Uh, so it would be a good test for the Gophers and see you know if they're able to get any speed coming out of their own zone and how well they protect the puck. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to be looking to, to jump any loose pucks and get odd man rushes going the other way. Hey, as uh, Lucia used his Twitter at all, I haven't like been, I've been like very sporadic on Twitter lately. Is he using his Twitter at all? Not too much. You know, I, I, I the last one I remember is maybe something about uh, Jerry kill last okay. week. I, I it's, it's been a little quiet. I guess I haven't paid attention. Yeah, he's mainly using it to, to reach out to people like alums when they do something special in the NHL or oh yeah, you know, yep, you're right, Jer- Jerry Kill, things like that. But yeah. he's not uh, he's not going to announce his starting goalie or <laughs> like that or you know, when Steve Johnson is going to come back from injury. He's not announcing that on Twitter. <laughs> oh, but it, it it's him. Remember, it's it's not it's not somebody else. It's definitely Don Lucia. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure about that. I'm sure I'll hear about it from Brian Deutsch. It's him. Yes, it's him. You have to believe it's him. Well, Don doesn't seem like the guy who's going to be on his phone all the time, <laughs> putting out his thoughts. <laughs> you know, I think texting Brian to maybe tweet something might be a, a stretch. So. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, obviously this is the end of their little uh, contract with uh, Notre Dame, and uh, everyone is just going to love it because North Dakota will be back on the schedule next year, folks. North that's Dakota- just a, that's a two-year deal, right? Yeah, I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it is. Uh, the, I know that they are coming to Mariucci next year for a weekend. I don't know which weekend it is yet. I haven't been able to get that out of my source, but they are coming here next year. It'll be interesting to see if that's just a two-year deal or what they do with that, you know, because, I mean, I'm kind of like with Viggs. I mean, I kind of like the variety. I kind of like having some of these big-name schools, Mm -hmm. you know, here or there. I mean, um, obviously, you know, some of these schools have more of a connection with the past with the Gophers and others, so you kind of like to see those. But uh, I, I have to admit, I kind of like seeing some of the Eastern powers coming in. I mean, it's nice to be have some kind of a deal with, like, Boston University, for instance. They have some good recruits in the next couple of years, so that should be a real good team. But, I mean, I just like to see a little bit more yeah. of that variety. So hopefully that's something that they continue on with. Uh, I would – I understand why they need to have the in-state schools yeah. be a presence, you know, because they want obviously Minnesota fans to see more games, at least within a relatively close driving distance. And 
all and then all the travel costs and all that. I get all that, but nonetheless, it's kind of nice to see some of these other programs. I know they've already kind of signed up for the icebreaker in a couple of years uh, for 2017 up in Duluth. Obviously, Duluth's part of that. I believe Michigan Tech is part of that. You know, personally, you know, obviously, I like the Minnesota schools too to play them. I don't know if we need to play. You know, have a series with one. You know, every year with all these schools, but uh, you know, I, like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing. You know, CC again. Are we are we ever going to have a series with Colorado College or Denver again? I mean, my favorite thing to see would be to have CC, Denver, and North Dakota all in the Mariucci Classic. You know, kind of turn that Mariucci Classic into the you know the old WCHA teams that they're not going to see anymore. Well, I, 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 the problem is how are they going to feel about more seeing conference teams? You know what I mean? Because that's what they play all year. I mean, they're playing those teams. Yeah. All, so it's kind of like, are they going to like that? I mean, and they've never the, agreed to it either because we'd have to have some kind of reciprocity and have to go to those schools too. Well, I never know. Minnesota's yeah. a pretty powerful entity in in college hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you might be able to pull it out with the Denver and the CC. I don't know about North Dakota. They've got they they you know, obviously a little inferiority complex, and everything's going to have to be equal with them. So. But I'd like to, I'd like to see like them throw like a UNO on the you know schedule for a couple of years or yeah you know, some of these other you know what I mean it's like I I think I'm not saying it's got to be anything consistent but just. Just spread it out, you know, a couple of years with this team, a couple of years with that team, so on and so forth. I mean, you could make them the old WCHA schools if if that's what you want to do. I mean, that's fine. But uh, <clears throat> just to be able to spread the wealth a little bit and not feel like you're kind of being bogged down with the same non-conference teams quite often, I think that that's I, – I like that personally. And maybe I, that's why you're only going to see the two <clears throat> deals is because they'll, they'll keep cycling teams through in that spot with a home and away series. That'd be my hope, you know. But I, I, I'm not big on the all the damn Minnesota schools. I well, mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, we have them in the in, in you know in the Minnesota Cup or whatever that North Star Cup. Yeah, that's what it is. But you know what? I don't think we need to play a Mankato, a St. Cloud, and a Duluth or a Bemidji every year. You know, I would like to see more variety. I mean, well, obviously I this year uh, Bemidji was out for the you know the full series, and you know, but uh, you know. I, I would like to get through this cycle one time and then just say, hey, let's just stick to the North Star Cup. And that would allow us to have more variety. Because right now, they're kind of trapped. They don't have much room for these other schools, like schools out east or or Denver or, you know, whoever it may be. They just don't have the room because they're stuck in this, you know, North Star Cup tournament as well as, you know, the other games that they play with these other schools. Well, I mean, I agree. I, I, I personally am not a huge fan of seeing all it but then i also look at it from the standpoint of okay there's like i said there's the travel costs there's letting the you know gopher fans that are local you know be able to travel just a couple hours to see their team again in another rank as opposed you know i mean if you start playing some teams that are you know a couple states away or whatever i mean it's like that's going to be harder for the fans to see uh, you know some of these away games i mean i I get what you're saying because to me like I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little, and it's not because we've not been having success against them lately, but I, I'm kind of bored with Duluth a little bit. I know that that's probably <laughs> blasphemous for uh, Fire Helmet guy to hear, but I mean, I, I'm you know I'm just kind of bored of some of these. Yeah. It's, I mean, I mean, it's not that I don't respect their programs, and I know the the history and 
you know, and certainly the rivalry aspect to a degree. But I don't know. I just feel like I'd kind of like to see something a little different. I'm a little bored with them. I'm a little, you know, I don't really feel, especially now that the conferences are different, it's not like I feel like any dying need to see them play some of these teams. I, I like that they're on the schedule, don't get me wrong, but I just don't know that I want to see them every single solitary year. And that's where, you know, if they could get rid of some of those, that could open it up. Because, you know, right now it's, you know, it's it's a, you know, they've got a set schedule or whatever it's got to be, you know, to get through these five, the, you know, the four, actually the four teams that play in the North Star Cup to get them, or five teams actually, yeah, it is five, that, you know, recycle in and then we play a series and this series and that series. I just, I, I uh, great idea, keep involved, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It's just, you know, Duluth every other year, every three years maybe. But let's get some other schools in here because it's going to give you the same next year. Well, and we like we talked about a little earlier, you know, you get some of these schools like in Northeastern Vermont and whatever, it's like they're not going to be the draws. Nope. You know, because they're not going to have, like if you have St. Cloud at Mariucci, they'll bring, you know, some fans or Mankato, they'll bring fans or Duluth. I mean, you're not going to get that from some of these other places. And, you know, and obviously if we're not selling out the rink with total Gopher fans, I mean, that that's something you have to keep in under consideration as well. So I, I get... I get what you're saying. I agree with that, but I also can understand why they do it too. Yeah, well, what can you do? <clears throat> what can you do? At least you know, like it'll keep the fans happy. Obviously, North Dakota's coming back next year, and uh, probably the year after, home and home. You know, or not home and home, but one year here, one year there. So that'll make people happy again. Yippee skippy. Yippee skippy. Uh, yeah, that's all we can do. At least we won't have to hear any complaints about them not being on a schedule for two years. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. I, mean, I don't know. You guys got anything else on Notre Dame or non-conference schedule? Well, just something to look for this weekend. Uh, Michael Brodzinski talked about the defensemen being more active, mm-hmm. um, going after Notre Dame players in the offensive zone as opposed to shadowing and you know, kind of playing passively. So I think that's something to, to look for this weekend because Notre Dame is such a high-paced team that if they uh, can be in the offensive zone a long time, uh, it's going to be difficult for the Gophers to maintain their structure. So look for that more aggressive play this weekend. Was Brodzinski one of the recordings you sent me today? Yep. So it'll be on at the end of this? Yeah. I, you know, Deegs does this every week. He goes the media day down there and usually gets quite a few minutes from Lucia and uh, a few players. And uh, I usually add it to the end. You won't hear it in the live broadcast, but... I'll add it on after the podcast tonight. So, yeah, it's always a nice little bonus that you do for us, Viggs. No problem. That's all I got, guys. That's and all I got. Is uh, to check out the renovation stuff if you haven't seen it on GPL. I think it's on the homepage. Yes, I did post a P- the link to a PDF. If you've, it's got every information about budgets to what they're planning to what's currently there, what they – want to do they've got like especially in the club room it's got like three different types of renovations they want to do tons of stuff there if you want to see that folks along with yeah, your, so along with your lovely article yeah well you know it's a it'll be nice to see some updates made to the to the rink because you know it was pretty cool when it opened uh 20 25 years ago so they're they just need, they're they only making updates. the media area smaller that's all <laughs> Yeah, more places they can keep us out of. They're going to put fans in the press box, dude. 
that was two of the options was having, you know, the end where, you know, some of the coaches are now put some fans in there. That's a little scary. But, sell more tickets. Uh, that's, I guess that's what they're trying to do. Uh, who knows? But that's it for this uh, GPL podcast. You know, we'll be back next week and wrap up the Notre Dame series. And we'll get into the series with Minnesota State Mankato. Home and home with that one. So, Until then, thanks for tuning in. team coming up Notre Dame they're always good and uh, we got a we got a nice week off to prepare for them they're a team that you guys have played every year that you've been here uh, what do you see about them uh, well they have a lot of guys that can produce I know they have what five guys on their team that have about over a point per game so they have a lot of guys that can dominate and uh, I think we got to shut them down early how have you guys been preparing this week uh, we've just been going hard every day in practice I mean there's nothing much you can really do but uh, control your effort and I think uh, everybody on our team has been, been uh, having a pretty good effort on the ice today. How much difference did the win and then the shutout win against Northeastern make for the mood of the team? Oh, yeah, it was, it was huge for us. We, uh, we realized that we can play at a high tempo, and uh, I think we just got to control that tempo when we go to Notre Dame. You've been seeing a lot of extra time on the ice. What does that extra responsibility meant for you? Uh, it's huge. I mean, uh, I know me and Bishop have been playing a lot, and uh, it's just – nice to have uh, have the team on my back, sort of say, but uh, I mean, it's nice having that extra time on the ice to uh, do whatever we got to do out there and produce. I'll be honest, was on your preseason list of personal goals to be a uh, star of the week, a number one star of the week? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we're going to have to find out. <laughs> You're playing a team that uh, in their last game scored eight goals, I think they scored seven before that. Uh, it's a little bit of an extra challenge. Yeah, for sure. They, uh, like I said, they got a lot of guys that can produce. They got a lot of guys that have a lot of points already in the six games that they played, five games and whatever. And uh, I mean, we just gotta be very, very solid defensively, and I think we can come up with a couple wins. We talked um, going into that Northeastern series about puck control, short passes, and those kinds of things to get your game a little more up tempo. What's the focus been in the last two weeks? And what, what do you expect? What, what would be the key goals for this team this weekend? Uh, well, for the D, I know we just got to make the first pass and then stay up in the play with the forwards. I mean, that's all we can really ask the D to do is get the puck up the ice to the forwards and they can uh, produce some offense up there. And defensively, what do you want? What improvements do you want to see? Uh, we got to eliminate guys early. I mean, in the corners, we can't play shadow defense. We got to get into guys and eliminate them off the puck right away so they can't set up on offense. Oh, may I have one more? Any, any challenges uh, playing with a freshman goaltender? What's it been like to have oh. Eric back there? No, he's been awesome. He's gave us a chance to win every single night, and that's all we can ask out of a goalie like that. He's been playing real well. You have, is it easy to communicate? I mean, is it, uh, you know, is it something that's still a work in progress, or is he mature in that part of his game too? Yeah, I'd say he's pretty mature. It was tough a couple of the first games there, but uh, he's, he's figured it out, and he's really, really been well. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yep.
Ready? Really liked how we played last weekend. You know, defensively, we didn't give up a goal all weekend, but same <laughs> offensive problem, we didn't score. So hopefully we can solve that this weekend. <laughs> Duplicate that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll live. And what were practices like during the bye week? Um, you know what? Uh, we just tried to, to continue to work on our puck movement as much as anything during the, during the bye week. It's an area we have to get better at. As, as when we play uh, more efficiently coming out of our zones with the neutral zone, um, then we'll be a better offensive team. Um, try to work on our specialty teams um, and, and just trying to get better. I mean, it, I wish we would have played, quite honestly. Sometimes you like a bye week, but it would be nice to continue to play games and keep with some rhythm because we've, we've only had one, two weekends all year. We played back-to-back games, and here it is November. You've got so many young players coming in lineup. Does the schedule of the season allow you to build up those guys' strength and ability? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'd rather not have two open weekends, you know, the first half of the year. Um, you know, it's kind of disjointed. We play five, sit out a weekend, play four, sit out a weekend, play six, and then it's Christmas break. So the continuity really won't come to the second half of the season. But we, we've got so much room to, to grow. There's not an area of our game that we don't need to work on. Um, you know, some days we look pretty good and other days we don't. Um, and that's just trying to get the guys to understand how we need to play, how we want to play um, with energy, with pace. Uh, and some of the young guys, quite frankly, are still got to figure out how hard we need to play to be successful. You know, and with all the practices you've had a chance to do, what have you noticed as an improvement area over the course of the practices? I'll, I'll let you know Friday night. I mean, <laughs> it's about, you know, Practice is practice, games are games. I mean, the game's going to start on Friday night, and you know we'll probably be a little bit behind as far as pace of play is concerned. Um, we're trying to build some continuity. Uh, you know, we, we had a couple guys nicked up that didn't practice for a few days, so we lost a little continuity with our lines uh, during that time. Uh, but other than Steve Johnson, we practiced today for the first time. It actually looked pretty good, surprisingly. Um, that uh, you know, I think there's a good chance he'll be back and ready to go next weekend, which is which is good news for us. Notre Dame's a team that you're uh, familiar with for obvious reasons. You get a chance to watch them. Yep, this weekend. yep, I did. Uh, you know what? Uh, was we practiced on Friday, and then because of their playing Saturday, Sunday, um, we went out Friday night late and got a chance to watch a game Saturday in Hartford and Sunday in Brooklyn. And, um, good team. Uh, they're better than last year's team. I, I think they're deeper up front throughout their lineup, and they're scoring more goals. Uh, on the back end, I think that uh, the two freshman defensemen they have, they brought in, are a little they, uh, good stick skills. They skate well, uh, so I think that they're they're deeper on, uh, on the back end as well. Obviously, Cal Peterson's a good goalie as a sophomore. We, we caught him early in his career last year. We got to him pretty good on on both nights in the series here. But uh, he's as good as goaltenders there is in college hockey, and he certainly proved that as year went on last year. So it'll be a it'll be a good challenge. You know, he's been good games the last few years. Um, they play the game the right way. It's it's I, I think playing these games have, have made our team better, and uh, it'll be a good measuring stick for us because they're off to a good start with a three one and two record. Offensively, they scored eight goals uh, in Brooklyn and scored seven against Penn State. What's the point of emphasis for your defense? Well, I mean, uh, number one, I mean, you you gotta you take care of the puck. I mean, they're, 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 they counter very well. Um, you know, their specialty teams have been strong. They're, both their power play numbers and penalty kill uh, are, are the numbers that you want them to be at. Uh, but it, it, you can't take out, think that 
any certain line, they don't have guys who can score. I mean, they've, they've had goals from all four of their lines so far this year, and especially their top three, uh, I think, are pretty interchangeable. And they're, even their, their uh, fourth line is they're not an easy line to play against. They're big and heavy. They get the puck down low and, and kind of grind it out. So uh, it's going to be a challenge. And, but it'll, I think it'll be a good challenge to give us another read on, on where our kids are at. This is the final year of the four-year yep, playing this, uh, yep, yep. the Notre Dame. You you played there. It's your long, obviously, Mario is there. Just what has this uh, series meant to you? Personally? Well, it's, you know what? I think it's always fun to go back. I mean, for me, I mean, we've been back there three times the last four years, including the icebreaker. So, I mean, it's been fun for me because all the years I've coached, I mean, I think I've, up until the last four years, I'm not sure I was even back with the team. And uh, so it's always nice to go back and see the campus, see the changes that are there. Um, you know, reacquaint with some friends, I and mean, then I'm going to go to have coffee Friday morning with my old trainer from my days when I was there. Obviously, it's always a little bit uh, sad for me to go back now because Lefty's not there, and uh, you know, he meant so much to the program and they gave me such a, a, a terrific opportunity to, to go to school there. And um, so it's always a little sad for me now to go back and not see Lefty there. Or, you know, if you're back for a football game when you go in his office and his office was covered with former players and families and children and grandchildren and uh, everybody, all the athletes kind of would go back and pay homage to uh, Lefty. And, and, but it, I think it's been good games for us uh, to, to try to develop our team. But as we've talked about, you know, it was a four-year agreement. They drop off. North Dakota comes on next year. So, you know, we replace one ND with another ND. So I think our fans will be looking forward to that as well. And what emotions are kind of going through for you on the end of this four-game series? Has it been exciting to play your son a little? Well, you know what? He's 22, and uh, that's how I look at it this week, that uh, you know, he's a guy on the other team. And you know what? we got to make sure we, we get in the shot lanes when he's shooting, uh, especially on the power play. we got to body him. Um, and you treat him like any other, other player uh, that, you're, that you're playing against. So as far as I'm concerned, that's why I said he's not my son this weekend. He's 22. <laughs> Power play, I got a couple goals against Northeastern. Are you happy with the progress? Well, I mean, it, we need to score in our power play. I mean, we haven't shown that we're a dynamic five on five offensive team. So we can't go into games thinking that we can be negative on specialty teams. I think it'll be awfully difficult for us if, you know, we play a game, whether it's Friday night or next week, that uh, we're minus one or minus two in specialty situations. We have to at least be even. Uh, and then, you know, we have to continue to see if we can grow our guys. I mean, we, we need some of our veterans to start putting a puck in the net and getting chances. And through some of that's through effort. Some of that's through work. And some of that's through hounding pucks and retrievals and getting it back. So it's just elevating the pace of our play uh, the way we need to play and be harder to play against as a group of forwards. How do you feel the uh, Novak fashing line performed? Uh, that was our best line. I don't think there's any question that, uh, you know, they've been good. I think to continue on through practice, that uh, it's probably been our, our most consistent line from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I think Leon and Hudson like playing together. Um, and that was the thought process of throwing Tommy in the middle. We still have tried to protect some of our freshmen by playing one on a line. I thought uh, Tyler Sheehy made some progress um, in the last series. Uh, but, you know, now we need. Connor to get on the board, and Justin to get on the board, and Vinny and Cammy and you know, some of these returning guys. What about Hudson's performance overall? Uh, he grew. I think uh, he played more the way we need him to play. Uh, Hudson can't forget the type of player that he is, big body, power type forward, not a cute player, a heavy player, hard to play against, and puck protection and around the blue paint. I mean, he needs to get tip goals and rebound goals, and 
you know, uh, get in there and bloody nose alley, we like to call it, score some of those types of goals. How do you think uh, Brzezinski and Bischoff have responded to the extra ice time? You know, uh, I think they did a good job uh, last weekend playing probably around 24, 25 minutes, which is pretty heavy minutes because, uh, you know, we usually like to, you know, play all six of our defensemen. Mike doesn't like to hide the guys. and But with uh, Jack, you know, making the adjustment, getting thrown in that first weekend, we want to, you know, monitor his minutes, so to speak, and, and uh, put him out in the right situations. So they're going to have to play more minutes right now. But... The good news is, like I said, Steve's close to coming back, uh, practicing today, made it through the whole practice, and um, so we're, we think that we'll be able to take the cross off him on Monday, and he should be good to go next week. What are the two wins, I guess, do for Shearhorn's confidence as the competition starts to ramp up with Notre Dame and then kind of escalating through the rest of the season? Well, I mean, I think he can feel good about his game because he's been very consistent from the get-go. He's given us an opportunity to win, and it's just too bad we didn't. You, you think if your team could get to three goals, I mean, we'd have a pretty good record right now if we'd score three goals every game. Uh, and we'd be a, would have been in a, a good position to, you know, maybe almost reverse our record right now or, or better. Uh, so he's done his job. He's given us a chance. I think our guys have a lot of confidence in him, and that's important for a team that to have confidence in your goaltender. Uh, I mean, he's done an unbelievable job on breakaways. Given up far too many as far as that's concerned, but uh, the guys are confident in him, and now hopefully the rest of our team can do their job and you know be a little bit harder to play against as far as the odd man rushes and and score some goals. Oh, sorry if you answered this already, but was this a good time to have a break? No, was not. I already answered it, and the answer is no. <laughs> because <laughs> well, we, won't, we, we won't. We've hardly played. I mean, we we need to play games. Um, we just haven't played. We've had. We, you want to get into a rhythm of playing, you know, some weekends. A lot of times you want a weekend off, more of the second half of the year when maybe you're a little beat up and some guys have some nagging injuries. But we've played one game, two games, two games, and then we're off for a week. So we, we need to play. We need reps. Whether we need reps in every situation in our game right now. And when you don't play, even though you try to simulate it, they they want to play. They don't want to practice right now. And so it's hard to. I mean, look at NHL teams. They start complaining if they have three days in a row when it practices because the guys want to play. And we need, we need to play games right now. Kind of a non-Notre Dame note, you talked to the High School Hockey Association a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And you talked about the recruiting model being kind of broken with yeah. so many ninth and 10th graders. and Things need to change. What do you think is going to happen out of that? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. That's, that's a bigger issue than me. I can't wave my magic wand on that one. I wish I could. Can I get the